Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Doggy Pod, and I'm Dr. Rob Zamet. He is, and I am Dr. Rob Zamet's producer. My name's Stephen Peters, and thank you very much for joining us. Um, a few things we're going to talk about today is, um, like humans, can dogs have high blood pressure? Mm. And, you know, if they do, Good if they question. get a bit stressed, how would you know that your dog's got high blood pressure? And the other thing we're going to talk about is dwarfism in dogs. Is that a thing? Is that is that possible? Is it possible? I mean, I, I guess Find that's... Find out later on the doggy <laughs> I guess that's different to having miniature versions of Oh, dogs, yes. Very uh, different. Where, yeah, dwarfism is quite different. Um, and, hey, we're talking about also today um, a flat-coated retriever. Yeah. Not golden retriever, but no. a flat-coated retriever, which uh, I'm only new to this particular breed, but Rob's pretty keen to... Um, to have a chat about this dog. Mm. And, uh, and Are they any good? Let's talk. Yeah, let's talk. Anyway, um, now I know you've been super busy this week because for people who may not know, Rob also uh, does uh, produces and is in lots of stories on Bondi Vet, uh, the long-running and very popular TV show, um, which is on all sorts of platforms. You can find it anywhere. You know, they've got... They're very popular on YouTube right now as well, but they're on lots of other platforms. And Rob is now one of the one of the many vets, one of the fantastic vets on Bondi Vet. But you were doing something with them the other day, weren't mm-hmm. you, with a dog? What's what's the story with that? Yes, I, I was. I, it was a little dog called Nemo that they brought in to me. Nemo, probably somewhere. Nemo, the, as Nemo. in the fish. Uh, and if you when you see this dog. Uh, on Bondi Vet, you'll see why they called him Nemo. Um, about three to four months of age when I first laid eyes on him, and seriously, he has such a deformity of one of his front legs. It was he used it as a flipper, and that's why people called oh. him Nemo, like a fin or a flipper. He was born with this. He, well, don't know. We, we, he was found. He was surrendered to a shelter, and then oh. he and his mother were surrendered, or they. The person surrendered said, I, I don't own these dogs. I found them on the street. So we don't know what the truth is uh, about this little dog. But um, he's a little little guy that's going to grow up, yeah, reasonable size, 
probably American Staffordshire Bull Terrier, so bigger than the little Staffies that we were used to, the English mm-hmm. ones. The American ones are a bit taller, a bit bigger, and but he cannot use this front leg whatsoever. In fact, I was trying to work out by feeling it what what was where, and I thought, oh, this must be the elbow. There was this corner. <laughs> wow. When I X-rayed, it wasn't the elbow at all. It was the wrist. That's how deformed it was. Yet he had a normal shoulder blade. And then coming down from your shoulder blade away from your body in humans is the upper arm or the humerus. Um, And his humerus was sort of okay. That was a bit weird down the bottom. Then you have in the forearm, normally, you have the radius and the ulna, two big bones in the body that are joined together or just about fused together. His was so separated out, Stephen, you couldn't work out. It looked like he had two bones coming out of his humerus. Was he in pain, do you think, or just well, that's, yeah, got that's, used to it? They kept asking me, is he suffering, is he suffering? I, I think he's just got used to it. Mm. Um, but it was so abnormal, he's putting a lot of pressure on the other leg. And so the other front leg, the, f- the foot was flattening out. He was going to have trouble with that as well later on just because he's trying to put too much pressure in growing. So we took a lot of x-rays. I took a lot of um, time and discussions and sent the x-rays off to specialists and uh, even to someone who puts in prosthetic limbs in dogs. So hang on, just backtrack a bit. So this dog was brought in as a... It was found. Yes. Uh, but look, if you meet this dog, there, there was only one problem for me with this dog. I wanted to keep him. <laughs> well, that, that's where I was going with the question. So the people who brought the dog in, do they want to keep the dog? They're, well, we're hoping if we can fix him enough that he he's not doesn't suffer through his life, hmm. that we'll find a good home for him. That's what we're trying to do. But the first thing is, before we even talk about a good home, is trying to work on this leg to see if we can and somehow um, do something with it or... Um, the, the specialists are saying we'll have to amputate. I guess mm. it will probably come to that, but I want to have, give something else a go first. I just want to, it's not going to um, put him through, it's going to put him through some discomfort to try and somehow not um, not make it so he'll be able to use this leg just like any normal leg, but a salvage operation I'm thinking of where maybe we can bring these bones somehow together that he could use this leg as a like a walking stick, a bit of a you know, crutch for the front. Dogs put 80% of their weight on their front legs. Now, if he's only got one front leg and mm. he's growing, it's going to pu- cause a lot of problems with that. I know, you know, dogs are not like us. You amputate their legs, they, they, they say, that's fine. Next day, they're running around with the back <laughs> as if, yeah. no, no big deal, no big deal. I can balance. They've got to learn to balance. Mm. And he sort of uses this um, funny limb that he has it's it, honestly the anatomy of the of these bones on x-ray is catastrophic there's no architecture that i've ever seen in over 50 years in working in veterinary practices and 45 years as, as a qualified veterinarian i've never seen anything like this ever. wow and um it presents a real challenge to try and make life better for nemo that's all i want i just you know to make his life better. It may be, amputation may be the final thing, or it could be a, a two-stage operation where I bring the radius and ulna together underneath the humerus, because they're not even under the humerus, and eventually drive a pin through that just to hold them together so he can use it as a bit of a, a crutch 
on for the other leg. So have the the people who brought him in? Do they just take him home, or is he or is yes. Nemo living with you? For the no, I, look, I was tempted to just keep him. I think um, after his operation, he will stay with us for a long, long time. Oh, lucky Nemo! Oh, he's a beautiful, beautiful heart. It's it's lucky us to come in contact with this gorgeous soul of this dog just beautiful well he knows that he's got all these people around him that uh, have one goal and yep. that's getting him better yeah the bondi vet people are, are, it's a great family team just like the doggy pod family yeah the, <laughs> the bondi vet is very much a family and everybody at bondi vet is really uh, rooting for, for this little dog to, to uh, make sure we can do the best by him so that story will probably be on Bondi Vet soon if not I, now yeah I, I don't know not yet he's still still got a, a little bit of work to go, go. okay keep an eye out for it So generally speaking, I think most people think dogs are pretty cruisy, just kind of hanging back and enjoying life. But um, do they get stressed and do they have high blood pressure? Does dog, do dogs have the same problem as us humans? And if so, if your dog had high blood pressure, how would you know? Uh, you know, how do you put that little thing around their arm and, and you know, test their blood pressure? Is there yeah, such a I thing? Mean, obviously, if they go running and that, their blood pressure goes up, just like ours does. But how do you um, take their blood pressure? Um, oh, taking their blood pressure, usually on one of their legs, we shave off in the back leg and wrap a, a monitor around that and take the blood pressure similar to oh, okay. what they do in humans. Um, there's a, a, a vein there that we can take the blood pressure on. But high blood pressure in dogs is not common at all. Ah, yeah. You know, okay. Because um, they're so darn relaxed. Oh, unbelievable. They? They're just laid back. Like I say, live like a dog. Yeah, you, really you, should there is that. a thing called primary or idiopathic. Idiopathic means we don't know the cause. It's just a fancy word for telling you we don't know. We have no <laughs> that idea. We're clueless. We have so, no idea. Idiopathic, but it's, that's re- I've never come across a, a dog where it has high blood pressure, but they don't know the cause. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah, it's usually secondary to something. Uh, it could be a kidney disease or um, a hormonal disease called Cushing's where they produce too much uh, cortisone and cause kidney problems. That's the most common cause of increasing elevated blood pressure in the dog. Diabetes can cause it. Um, I have seen a couple of dogs that have um, too much, they produce too many red blood cells. It's called polycythemia vera. I've seen that a couple of times and Always in the same breed, unusually, but that can lead to high blood pressure, of course. And then it could have be side effects to certain medications. Diets usually don't lead to high blood pressure in dogs because we don't... You know, dogs get rid of fats better than we do and they just are able to cope with diet a lot better than us. But, but what signs? Is there anything that you could see in your dog? Um, well, the dog gets lethargic. Uh, the dog, you know, the, the symptoms of, of high blood pressure are often secondary to, to other diseases. So, in most dogs with high blood pressure, right. you won't see a you lot of know. noticeable right. overt signs. You'll see some. Sometimes you do, um, but it causes. It's usually the damage that's caused to internal organs that you see. Yeah, you know, the worsening of kidney conditions, the worsening of, of a heart problem, or you know, even some dogs will faint and, and seizure, and that can be high blood pressure. But 
not a common cause of these things. Usually seizures or heart problems uh, in themselves are you know, they, they're, they're their own problem, not from high blood pressure. Okay, good to know. Okay, we all know there are um, breeds of dogs that have miniature versions of that particular breed. But is that the same as, say, a, a dwarfism in humans? Is, is there such a thing as dwarfism in dogs in the canine world? Yeah, there are a couple of different forms of dwarfism. And, um, for example, in Alaskan Malamutes, you know, the Malamute is a really big dog, hmm. tall dog. They can get a thing called a chondrodysplastic dwarf where their front legs literally um, you know, look like a bit like a duckson, if you like, very short legs. Yeah. And they a bit bent and everything. They sort of splay out a splay bit. Splay out. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's a, I first came across dwarfism in my own breed, the German Shepherd, when I was a student. Oh. Um, and it was at a veterinary clinic. And there was this little dog, this little puppy. And often when you see a puppy, you think... Why do they ever have to grow up? Well, now I'm thankful they do grow up because these guys stay very small, but they start losing hair like crazy. And it's pituitary dwarfism. They have don't, they lack a pituitary gland or lack a really well-functioning pituitary gland. So there's no growth hormones. Um, because there's no growth hormones, they start losing hair early in life. And right. they usually have a, shorter, a much shorter life as well. They don't grow. It's a German shepherd that stays around about you know, probably... 10 to 15 kilos at, at most for pituitary dwarfism in German shepherds. And what it can be avoided now because people have found the DNA for it. So breeders check to see if their male or their female is carrying the gene for dwarfism. And it, it occurs, I mean, um, dachshunds are often referred to as being chondrodysplastic because they have those little short legs. Yeah. Basset hound, yeah, basset hound is a big dog but not very high off the ground because well, he corgis has... corgis as well. Corgi, well, corgis now have the real... should have a straight leg, a Pembroke corgi. Okay. Um, and they're not as big. Like a basset is a really big dog, Steve. And they, yeah. you know, bassets get bloat like big dogs get and other big dog diseases because they're big body and you know, everything's big, even the head's big, except for the legs. They're yeah. thick, but they're short, bent little legs. So they're you know, uh, bred that way over, I guess many many years but it doesn't affect them the pituitary dwarfs and the thyroid dwarfs and those hypothyroidism in dwarfs that's different that really 
does affect their metabolism, affects not just their growth, but how they uh, miss out on so many hormones that eventually affects their lifestyle, of course, as well. And yeah, they can get to a point where they suffer from it and it, it can be it can be bad. But it's pretty rare, I'm guessing. Oh, much rarer now than it used to be because, as it said, the um, breeders have put yeah, a lot of money towards mm. you know, different pedigrees and um, the scientists doing the DNA analysis and now they can genetically check their dogs before they breed them to make sure they're not putting a male and female that carry the genes for dwarfism together. Would there be a breed that's uh, you know more common that this might happen in? Uh, I think the Malamutes and used to be German Shepherds, but I just don't see it very very often. I haven't seen a dwarf German Shepherd in years now because it, it's not there anymore because the breeders are breathing out the gene. All right, our, our dog of the week, or breed of the week, or breed of the fortnight in this case, um, Rob wants to have a chat about a dog that uh, I didn't really, wasn't really aware of, which is called a, a flat-coated retriever. Not, not a golden retriever, but a flat-coated retriever, which I'm guessing has a flat coat. Is that right? <laughs> Pretty is that right? much. Sometimes I call them wavy-coated because they're, they're generally flat with a bit of a wave in the coat, so a little bit more coat than a Labrador, um, but a lot less coat than, say, the Golden Retriever. Um, they're probably the size of a Labrador, a bit bigger than a Labrador, a bit taller, mm-hmm. uh, and they were bred in England by the gentry years ago because they wanted a dog that would retrieve in um, both on land and on in water. So you didn't want them to have too heavy a coat because you don't want them soaking in water. But they're a great little dog. or oh, little dog. They're, yeah, they're, are they the same size as a <coughs> golden retriever, which yeah, is quite big. Yeah, they are. A very intelligent dog. Affable with people, really good with people. Great with children and great with other dogs. I accept other dogs quite okay. No big deal. They only come in two colours, black or what's called liver, which is brown. They're the two colours so that not, we see them in. not the golden, beautiful no, colour. No, you don't see them in like you know, black and white or brown and white. Right, just right. Either black, uh, um, just like the Labrador that comes in like black or yellow or brown, or liver, um, these, two, these are solid coloured dogs. But you know, they're very um, on the move. They're just a very free-flowing dog. They just look good. And what made me think of the flat-coated retriever was there was one at training that's doing really well. This dog's got obedience titles. And what, at training when, when you oh, go with Oggy? Sorry, yes, dog training with Oggy. Mm-hmm. Um, much older uh, dog, the female dog that's already doing obedience trials. And, and it, I just remind me that years ago I actually judged a flat-coated retrieving show who thought, good Lord, yeah, oh. you, you'd think it wouldn't be enough, but there was quite you a few You were the judge. I was the judge for the show. And they're, every one of them was just beautiful, beautiful nature dogs. Dog after dog that came into the ring for me to assess was just a lovely natured, happy to be there, enjoying life dog. And I thought it's very little known. It, no. You know, no yeah. one, like you said, you've just I introduced you to the flat-coated retriever in this segment and to many other people out there. 
But if you're thinking about a dog and you want to know about you know, a dog that's good with family and with children and with other dogs, a flat-coated retriever is certainly a dog that you'd think about. But are they, um, do they lose hair like their golden cousins? Absolutely. They do lose coat, but not, they don't, don't have as much as a golden, I don't, in my opinion. They don't, right. don't have quite as much as a golden, so they don't lose quite as much hair as a, a golden retriever. Um, but training-wise, oh. I mean, golden awesome. retrievers have the most beautiful faces. Yes, absolutely. Is that the oh, same yes. with the flat-coated? Yeah, flat-coated is the same. It's a, a longer face than the you know, the golden's a bit more broad in skull than the flat-coated. Mm-hmm. Um, and the flat-coated's a bit longer in the muzzle. But still, those eyes, you look at the golden retriever's <laughs> eye, a flat-coated retriever, same as the golden Any retriever. Any retriever, yeah. Oh, you look into the eyes, either the, the golden retriever or the flat-coated retriever, you, you just melt if you... Um, if if you don't if your heart doesn't pour out to them then you're a psychopath. Um, but that's all right. You just <laughs> hand yourself into the police. Go, off path. you go. Yes, whatever. But yeah, these these dogs are beautiful, beautiful nature dogs, and one that people should yeah give some serious consideration. There are breeders out there, and uh, Dogs Australia or uh, Dogs New South Wales or Victoria or wherever or the AKC in America will all put you onto good breeders. But they and they would eat a lot too. I'm guessing. Well, yeah, they're an active dog, and they're, you know they're, they're big. Yeah, big dog that, that enjoy food, not <laughs> not massive amounts. I mean, you don't want to ever get them too fat. Worst thing you can do to these dogs, do not make them too fat. Um, just keep them on the leaner side, and they will just enjoy life and love being with you and the family. Oh, good, a flat coated retriever. All right, a slightly shorter episode this week because we're we're in a bit of a rush. We've got things to do, places to go. <laughs> Rob's, Rob's got dogs' lives to save and cats and stuff as well. But you know, primarily dogs. How, how much? While we're, while we're on that, uh, out of like dogs or cats, what do you see more of? Dogs, dogs by a long way. Yeah, we're more of a dog practice. I mean, there, there are practices that will only see cats in in uh, Australia or around the world. You certainly have that, and you. Um, common, but out, generally, out, would cats require less vet? No, um, no, not necessarily. They, you know, um, people often see a cat as a small dog in the veterinary world, and they're not. They, you know, they have very specific things mm. that you've got to know about with cats. Um, I have one friend who was just—he's probably one of the world experts in cats. A guy called Richard Malik, and he just loves looking after cats in the veterinary world. That's all he wants to do. He's right. semi-retired now, doesn't do a lot of it, um, but just cats for him. He's got horses, he's, yeah, he's got other animals as well, but cats for him are the prime animal that he loves. Someone said to me the other day, oh, you guys should do like a doggy pod for cats. And my response was, why? Oh, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've got nothing against cats personally, but you know. The catty pod. You know, yeah, mm. but, you know, people... There's a lot of people who have cats and dogs, obviously, at home, but, but generally I find people are either cat people or dog people, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, we'd probably get the wrong audience if we put out the pussy pod. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, unfortunately. They <laughs> <laughs> think, huh? <laughs> um, but, but, no, yeah, I think I, people I, are... You're either a dog person or a cat person, generally. In some instances, uh, my youngest daughter, she was always a cat person and has four dogs that sleep inside with her and now her cats as well 
So, yeah, yeah, and we've got cats and dogs at home, as, amongst other animals, of course, that we have there, but, yeah. I suppose um, cats are good for something. I'm not quite sure what. Anyway. <laughs> They're very loving, very, very loving. Um, they can, certainly with older people, they're an ideal animal because they can just be there. They, they're not too demanding as people think. They you know, feed them and they stay inside the house and affectionate and they give lots of company to those older people that might be otherwise lonely. So, true, true, yeah, Without true. having a heavy dog jumping on your lap or anything else. No, th- there is a place for every creature on this planet. Of course, you know, cat people, cat owners need to be uh, responsible with letting their cats out at night and wandering around the neighbourhood eating wild birds. Yeah, and, I mean, it's it, nocturnal animals that will go and hunt at dusk and dawn and if you leave them out, they'll destroy the environment. So you just don't allow that. Mm. You, know, you can't keep them in like a dog um, as much in the, the backyard, I mean. They'll, they'll, no, they'll, they'll jump look, over any fence. They will get out if, yeah. if they want to. So you've got to be careful of how you house your cat. And... Unfortunately, the average life of a cat is very, very short because most of them do get out and either get killed on the road or attacked by dogs and things. So, yeah, if you own a cat, be responsible. And that is about as close as we're going to come to uh, a, a catty pod episode, <laughs> okay. just so you know. <laughs> all right. oh, I've upset enough people now, I'm sure. Um, anyway, we'll see you all next time. Thank you very, very much for listening. All the best, folks. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.